Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the Book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwall, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Proverbs 19.3 says, A person's foolishness subverts his road, but his heart rages against Yahweh. In looking at the structure of this proverb, it might seem like it would be an example of antithetic parallelism because the second phrase begins with the contrasting conjunction, but. However, the two halves of the proverb are not opposite expressions of each other. Instead, the second line is needed to complete the thought and meaning of the proverb. Therefore, this proverb is employing synthetic parallelism where the two phrases must be viewed together as expressing an entire idea rather than viewing them as two separate expressions. Now, if you're like me, after reading this proverb, your mind is probably asking the question, what does subvert mean? And secondly, how does foolishness subvert a person's road? The Hebrew word translated subverts means to twist or distort, to frustrate, or even to overturn. The English word subvert is quite apt to describe this Hebrew word in this context because it means to to corrupt something or to cause the downfall or to undermine something. And then the Hebrew word translated road is this common word in the book of Proverbs that refers to a path that one can travel and which leads to a destination. And it's often used metaphorically to refer to the road that a person travels in life. That is, a person's way of life, which consists of all their desires, their intentions and behaviors. What a person chooses to do in any given circumstance is part of what makes up the road that they are on in life. Thus, the phrase, a person's foolishness subverts his road, simply means that a person's foolishness undermines and corrupts the course of their life. In other words, foolishness is what causes a person to get off track in life, to mess it up, or to encounter problems. This could be anything from minor issues that get us off track for a day or week or a month even, or more major issues that take us far away from the road that we should be traveling in our life. Probably everyone is familiar with experiencing minor issues in life caused by foolishness and then having to try and recover from the consequences. But that's just the thing. Foolishness always has consequences, whether they are big or small. We have an American expression that I think encompasses the main idea here. It is, stupidity has a price, and it always gets paid. That is essentially what it means when the proverb says that a person's foolishness subverts his road. Being foolish has consequences, and therefore it comes at a price. And that price is that it brings about trouble in our lives. Foolishness disrupts our lives. And sometimes it brings big trouble that can be very destructive. Everyone basically knows this to be true. I mean, when was the last time you or someone you know did something stupid and then after seeing what happened said, gee, that was a really great idea. Let's remember to do that again next time. No one says that. We all realize that it was a bad choice, and we typically respond with something like, gee, that was stupid of me. I need to remember not to do that again. 
Just to give you an example of what I mean, I remember this one winter when it snowed like 14 inches in one night. Now, perhaps for some places in New York, that's normal, like Buffalo or Syracuse. But here in the capital area of Albany, that's a decent snowfall in one night. I was out late at night after the snow had begun to fall to try and do a preliminary clearing of my driveway so that I would have less snow to clear in the morning. I was rushing to try to get the job done as quick as I could, but my snowblower kept getting plugged up because I was going too fast. When it gets plugged up, I usually just tip it back and forth quickly to dislodge the packed snow and then keep going. But about halfway through clearing my driveway, it got plugged up and by just tipping it back and forth and even bouncing the front edge on the ground to try to shake the snow out, it wouldn't clear. So. I stopped and disengaged everything, and I noticed a solid chunk of ice had gotten lodged at the top of the chute where the snow comes out. And so in the rush that I was, without thinking, I just went to pull it out. At that moment, something hit the tip of my finger and a sharp pain went through my hand. To my surprise, the belt dampener malfunctioned and did not completely stop the thrower from spinning. It was still spinning from the residual momentum. Well, I did get a pretty severe laceration and a broken middle finger, but thankfully, that was the extent of the injury for my stupidity. Right after this happened, I came to my senses and thought to myself, what in the blazes were you thinking? When is it ever a good idea to use your own hand to clear something out of a machine, especially one you were just using. Well, let me caution you on the basis of my mistake. Never assume your equipment is functioning properly. Even though the thrower should not have been moving after I stopped and disengaged everything, there was no good reason to put myself potentially in a harmful situation like that. Let's just say that it was a painful lesson that I planned to never repeat. Moving on now to the second half of the proverb, it says that the heart of the foolish person rages against Yahweh. The Hebrew word translated rages is a word that describes very intense emotion and anger. The same word is used to describe a tumultuous storm and a surging sea. For the fool, rage turns out to be the response that they have when they subvert their own road. But they do not get angry at themselves for their stupidity. Oh, no. They become angry at Yahweh. The fool does not hold himself accountable for his decisions or the trouble that they bring into his life. He does not recognize that he is the culprit responsible for suffering the consequences of his actions. The fool evades taking any ownership for their moral failures indiscretions, and rebellious ways of life that deny the rule and authority of Yahweh. There is no fear of Yahweh in their eyes, and thus Yahweh becomes the target of their anger. They quickly will deflect the cause of their misfortune to Yahweh, as though Yahweh was the direct reason for their current predicament. Rather than being humble to see the truth about the consequences of their foolishness, the obstinate and evil heart of the fool will refuse to accept any portion of guilt and will shift the blame away from themselves and place it entirely on Yahweh. The fool believes that Yahweh is solely the one to blame for not granting him what he desired or planned. 
Furthermore, because the fool's heart will rage against Yahweh, this implies that the fool recognizes the consequences of their foolishness and acknowledges the misfortune that they have found themselves in. But what this prevents is for the fool to benefit from self-education, that is, learning from their own mistakes. Part of having wisdom is being able to understand your road, as it says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 8, and thus to learn from your choices and how to avoid evil and foolishness and instead act righteously and wisely. Because fools do not place any blame upon themselves, they forfeit the possibility to improve their circumstances and to learn the right way to live with wisdom. And so, as long as they remain in their foolishness, they are doomed to repeat the stupidity of their decisions and suffer the consequences over and over again. Another English translation that presents the essence of the proverb in a way that probably resonates with all of us renders it as, Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. This wording just seems to hit home for me, at least in my opinion. We ruin ourselves by our own stupid actions, and then we compound our foolishness by turning and blaming Yahweh for why things are not going our way, or why we are having to suffer in the way we currently are. It is double stupid. In thinking about how this pertains to our lives, whether we truly learned our lesson and will make intentional effort to not repeat the foolish behavior again is an interesting question. Sometimes we are better at immediately reforming our behavior based upon what we have experienced. But at other times, we end up repeating the behavior a couple of times before we finally make the necessary changes in our lives. I can give you an example in my life when I was slower than I should have been at recognizing what was happening so as to avoid the consequences by not repeating a foolish choice. I've ridden motorcycles for many years, both on the road and off the road. Several years ago when I was younger, I was backpacking around the Mediterranean and I was on the island of Crete. In order to travel around the island freely so that I could go wherever I wanted without any constraint of public transportation or the expense of hiring a driver, I decided to rent a small motorcycle for a few days. While I was filling out the paperwork, the shop owner told me that I needed to understand that the roads on Crete were different than on the mainland in Greece. He said that they could become very slippery in the summertime and that I needed to be extra careful when going around turns. I thanked him for the piece of advice and that I would be careful while driving the motorcycle. I mean, I'm experienced at that point and have done it for many years, so I didn't think anything of it. As I was driving around the island in the heat of the summer, I noticed that the roads had a sort of oily film that caused the tires to slip a little when going around the corners. I didn't think anything much of it at the time because I still had fairly good traction. Well, toward the end of the afternoon... After a few hours of driving in the sun, I wanted to go to one more place before heading back to the center of the island where I was staying for the night. But I had to get there quickly in order to make the last ferry boat to a part of the island that had no roads. And what do you know? I started driving faster and more aggressively in order to save a few minutes and get there quicker. I remember taking this one sharp turn around a bend in the countryside 
and the next thing I knew, the motorcycle had slipped out from underneath me, and I was sliding across the pavement and off the road on the other side. Needless to say, I had pretty severe injuries on one of my legs and knee since I was wearing shorts at the time because of the intense summer heat. Later that night, as I lay all bandaged up in my hotel room, I was kicking myself for the stupidity that I had demonstrated. I had been warned about the danger of the roads, and I knew better than to increase my speed and be more aggressive in the turns. And I had even noticed the changing road conditions while I was riding, but I neglected to heed the advice of others and even failed to give full consideration to my own present experience and understanding in the matter as I was riding. Well, in order to illustrate this proverb, I want to share with you guys a scene from the movie Bruce Almighty that superbly demonstrates what this proverb is trying to teach us. The plot of Bruce Almighty involves Bruce Nolan, who is a television field reporter for Eyewitness News on WKBW-TV in Buffalo, New York. But Bruce has been working hard for many years, and he aspires to land the position of news anchorman just as soon as the current anchorman, Pete Feynman, retires. Bruce seems to keep getting assigned the worst stories he could ever get, and he feels that life isn't fair and that things just aren't going right for him. The scene I want to describe opens with Bruce on yet another, less than preferred, assigned story that he has to cover. He's on the Maid of the Mist tour boat at Niagara Falls, wearing a raincoat and a silly-looking multicolored umbrella hat. He's surrounded by the tumultuous rushing of the falls and is on standby for a live interview at any moment. However, just before Bruce is cued to be on the air, he is interrupted for a big announcement from the station. To Bruce's surprise, anchorman Pete Feynman announces his retirement. Bruce can hardly believe it. His time has finally come, he thinks. You can see it on his face, the bursting excitement that he can barely keep contained. A few moments go by, but it probably seems like eternity as Bruce eagerly awaits with anticipation to hear himself named as the new anchorman. However, the position of the new anchorman is given to his rival co-worker, Evan Baxter. Bruce freezes up upon hearing this devastatingly shocking disappointment. He's in utter disbelief at the fact that he was passed over for the position, and it was given to Evan instead, who Bruce thinks is a sleazy, talentless excuse for a news reporter. The station then immediately transfers back to Niagara Falls with Bruce Nolan, who is standing by. When prompted to begin the live interview, Bruce is frozen, his mind racing. He struggles to process the reality of what has just happened. And you can tell that a sense of overwhelming injustice is rising up inside him. Finally, after being prodded by the news crew to say something, Bruce suddenly begins talking and commences with the interview. But something is not quite right. Over the next several moments, it becomes apparent that Bruce is having a serious meltdown. He repeatedly maligns his coworker Evan Baxter, ridicules him as the new anchorman. Then he verbally abuses two interviewees on the boat, all before capping off the end of his report with a vulgar insult toward everyone at the station. 
One of the memorable lines in the middle of the rant is when Bruce says, quote, I guess that's just how life is, isn't it? Some people are drenched, freezing to death on a stupid boat with a stupid hat, while others are in a comfy new studio sucking up all the glory. Oh well, no big deal. Well, after a series of misfortunes like this, Bruce is fed up and resorts to blaming God for his problems in life. In an iconic line, Bruce shouts at God, You're the one who should be fired! The rest of the movie unfolds by God responding to Bruce and Bruce being challenged to take on God's responsibilities in the world, which he epically fails at because he abuses the power for his own selfish reasons to have everything go the way he wants. What I think we can all agree on is that we tend to be our own worst enemies at times, and we struggle to one degree or another with accepting responsibility for our actions. I think it is a universal human issue where we attempt to consciously deflect fault away from ourselves when things don't go right or the way we think they should. We don't like to take the blame when bad things happen because of the choices we have made. We naturally try and protect our little ego so that we don't have to point the finger at ourselves as the reason for the current predicament we are facing or the consequences we are experiencing. What this proverb is telling us is that it is our foolishness that often gets us into trouble. And then further yet, it is our foolishness that then turns around and blames Yahweh as though it's his fault. But that's just an immature, childish cop-out. Rather, we should recognize our own failures when we commit them. We should learn what it was that we did wrong or the poor choice that we made, and we need to grow wiser because of it so that hopefully we will not repeat that same mistake again. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.